Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. I spent my um, early career days in the digital marketing space. So for those of you who are in tech, um, I can certainly relate to a lot of what you're going through. Um, And a lot of the coaching that I do is actually with my fellow women in technology, um, which is why I love partnering with Get With It and Tech Elevator and all these amazing Cleveland companies in this space, um, because I think that we all have a lot in common, um, both really um, great things that we're experiencing and maybe also some challenges that we're facing. So I really enjoy being able to come together as a group and talk about some of this stuff. Um, and then my fun fact, I actually discovered life coaching by working with a life coach. So I was really trying to figure out what I wanted my next step to be, um, and what I would feel would be a really fulfilling way to spend my time and my energy. Um, and wanted to do with my life. And so I, um, I felt really stuck and I reached out to uh, a life coach, even though I had no idea what a life coach was at the time. Um, it just so happened that the woman that I found was a life coach and that was my introduction to it. And I just absolutely fell in love with coaching. Um, and I knew that it was what I wanted to do. And so that's kind of my very quick and dirty little background story. (laughs) Um, so I also just want to start off before we dive into things um, with a little bit of context around what a life coach is. I know that this is still a relatively new field. Um, Like as of a couple of years ago, I didn't even know what it was myself. Um, So for those of you who are not familiar, um, a life coach is basically someone who helps you figure out what you want your life to look like and how you want to show up in your life and then make that happen. Um, So it's a lot of digging into your values, trying to figure out how do you actually live out those values? How do you make sure that the things that you're doing every day, every month, every year are in alignment with those values that you have? Um, It's a lot of figuring out what sort of goals you want to work toward for yourself. It's figuring out how you want to show up for yourself, right? I, I do a lot of work around inner dialogue. Um, we tend to fall into certain patterns of how we talk to ourselves and those can often be very harmful and very negative. So I help people really shift away from that pattern of self-doubt or imposter syndrome and move into, um, more of a foundation of confidence. So they feel really good. So that was a little bit more about how I do life coaching, but in general, um, one common misperception actually of coaching is that it's somebody who's just going to give you answers. So people come to me and they say, oh, perfect. Tell me what to do with my life and you'll just hand me a roadmap and I'll go follow it. And I say, well, that's actually not quite how this works. So my job is not to tell you what to do. Say, I don't know you or what's best for you any better than you know it for yourself. And so my job as a coach is actually to help you see things differently, to ask you really powerful questions that get you thinking about things maybe from a different perspective Um, questions that maybe you've never really asked yourself before in your life and to start to just get really curious about what feels good to you and what 
in alignment and out of alignment? And what do you want to do about that? And then we kind of go on together. Um, last big piece of it too that I, I want you to know about coaching is it's very focused on action. So I always say, you know, we don't just talk about the thing, we actually do it, right? And so it's not talking about what's wrong or what feels heavy, it's actually um, changing it, right? It's actually moving into action around that. And so um, actually a big part of why I designed this workshop to include the journaling prompts that you guys are going to get to um, work through tonight is because I love to have you actually feel like you are implementing these things right now and give you that opportunity. Um, I can share ideas with you and you can walk away and say, oh, that was a cool thing that Sarah said. That was really interesting. And then tomorrow you forget about it maybe. Um, but if you're journaling, then you get to walk away with something that feels really personal to you and something that you can continue to um, expand on or work with on your own. So I hope that you all take something um, away from that tonight. So um, why are we here in this workshop specifically? So my goal is really to create a space for us to all process and slow down. I think we could all use a little bit of that right now, given everything that's going on. Um, it's something that I think a lot of us are needing, but always offer to ourselves. And so um, allow this workshop to be a space for you to do that. Um, we're also here to just a little bit deeper around what we're feeling right now and connect with each other on it. I think one of the most powerful things, one of the things that I love the most about doing workshops is being able to say, the reason that you are showing up to this workshop right now is the same reason that everyone else around you, and normally we're in a room and I can say, look around you, but in this case, look around you on Zoom, right? And, and all of these people were here together as a community and as a group because we are experiencing similar things. And that's really powerful. Um, and lastly, I think another goal for me in, in doing this workshop with you guys tonight is to just give all of us permission to really take care of ourselves right now and really honor our needs. Um, and so we're going to do a little bit more talking about what our needs are, how to really honor them, how to surface those um, as we go. But I invite you to just start thinking about that. And I also invite you to give yourself a ton of credit for even just showing up to this tonight, right? By being here, literally just by being here alone, you are showing up for yourself. You are saying, I am going to set aside for an hour and a half of my evening to go do something for me, to work on myself, to reflect, to pause. And these are all really beautiful and powerful things. So give yourself the credit that you deserve for being here already. Okay, so quick overview of how this is gonna go. Um, I'm going to share with you guys some techniques, ideas, um, around shifting your mindset, around getting to that more grounded place with your energy, with your thoughts. Um, and we're going to do some live journaling. So once again, grab a pen and paper, have your laptop ready. Um, and we're going to pause throughout to give you minutes at a time to do some journaling prompts. Um, and then at the end, you know, I want to be respectful of everyone's time. I know that we said I think we said the workshop was going to be an hour, so I'm going to try to get through all that in an hour. And then um, for anyone who does want to stick around, I'm happy to take questions. I'm happy to have more of a discussion around what was coming up for you guys as we went through this. All right. So 
My first topic that I want to talk about is control. And this is a really, really big topic in coaching and in life. <laughs> um, and, and that's why I wanted to start here. So we're going to talk about both releasing and embracing control, which I know are complete opposites. So allow me to explain. So um, one of the very first things that I discuss with my coaching clients that I teach is that we only have control of ourselves. Um, and I know for me, I have a number of people in my life where I would love to have more control than I do of them and what they say and what they do, right? We all have these thoughts sometimes of, oh, if only she would understand this, or if only he would just do this thing, right? And we're vying for control, but really um, we ultimately can only control ourselves. And that also goes not only for other people, but as we are very much aware of right now, also for situations. Um, and so we are learning that lesson right now, maybe more than ever, um, that we, much as we want to, we can't actually control a lot of what goes on around us and how it affects us. Um, and so once we can come to accept that fact, that's actually where the power comes from. So when we think about anxiety, I think a lot of us are really experiencing anxiety to a higher degree right now. Um, and maybe a lot of us actually experience anxiety to a pretty high degree under normal circumstances. And now it's just even more exacerbated. Um, and that's completely understandable given what's going on. Completely understandable. You're not alone in that. Um, what's interesting about anxiety I've noticed this pattern that oftentimes when we are feeling anxious about something, it's because we are seeking to have control over something that we really can't control. So let that sink in for a moment. Maybe think of a couple of instances, whether it was today or any time when you felt some anxiety surfacing around something and ask yourself, did I have control over that situation? Right? We might feel anxious if we are um, giving a presentation because we don't know how people are going to perceive us and we can't control that. Right? They get to think whatever they want about us. Um, we might feel anxiety around how this whole pandemic is unfolding because we can't control that. Right? There are so many different things in our lives where we just don't have control. And so those are often where anxiety comes from. So this might feel hard to hear, um, but it's actually incredibly empowering because once you can not only recognize, but start to accept the areas where you don't have control, that's what gives you the opportunity to start releasing the pressure that you're putting on yourself to control it. And this is really the biggest shift that you can make away from the anxiety, away from the stress, away from the overwhelm. And so there are two parts to it, right? So that's the first part is releasing areas where you don't have control. And then to pair with that, because wouldn't it be so easy if I were just like, okay, just stop caring about those things and then you'll be fine. You're good, <laughs> right? We have to pair it with something else. So, so part two is actually noticing the areas where you do have control and using those as your new focus, as your way to channel your energy into something that you do have control over. 
not at the risk of sounding very obvious or oversimplifying, it makes you feel in control. And I think right now what so many of us are struggling with every single day is simply feeling that lack of control. We can't help anything that's going on around us. And so if you're able to instead really focus in on where you do have control, that begins that really incredible shift. So the other thing that I'll say here too is whatever you're feeling, whatever you're experiencing, that is your truth and is totally valid, completely valid, right? Whatever you're feeling is real for you. Um, that said, I think, especially in these types of situations, we start to feel and we start to have thoughts like, because this is going on, there's no other way that I could possibly feel. Or even outside of this whole situation, right? If, if um, somebody says something to us, we might say, oh, well, she said that, so of course I thought this, right? Naturally, that was the only possibly perceive that or the only thought I could have there. Um, and that can lead us to feel really stuck and also out of control. And so what's really empowering is to know that you are actually, whether it feels this way or not, because trust me, it took me a long time to wrap my own head around this and to accept this for myself. You are always getting to choose your thoughts and your feelings at all times, in all situations, always, always have a choice of what you think and what you feel. So this might sound like and feel like a heavy responsibility as I'm saying it, as I'm pointing it out. And it did to me, and this is a process. I don't expect you to walk away from tonight and say, okay, I step into a hundred percent choice with all of my thoughts and feelings and accept all responsibility for that. That's a lot, right? We don't have to get there right now, but just to start, I like to have you think about just one example. So this is actually a great segue because what I would love for you guys to do right now is this first journal prompt that I have for you exploring these concepts. So take a few minutes and jot down what do I have control over right now? And how can I shift more focus to these things? And remember that when you're thinking about what do I have control over right now, it doesn't have to be anything huge. It doesn't have to be this grandiose thing. It can be anything. It can be literally as simple as I have control over whether I'm inside my house or outside on my patio. I have control over what I'm making for dinner tonight. I have control over my breathing, right? It can be small things because when you start to list the small things, you notice that they actually add up, right? And the, the more you can show yourself, prove to yourself, actually there are things that I'm in control of right now, that's gonna allow you to start shifting away from that anxiety. So go ahead, take a few minutes and then we'll regroup. All right, so feel free to keep writing down ideas as they come. Like I said, I really want this to be something that you can take away from tonight and continue working with. Um, one last thing I'll say on this topic, 
just to point out the second question for the journal prompt, what can I do to shift more focus to these things? So I really encourage you to think about that as well and not just leave it at a list of things that you have control over. I think that's a really good start and that's a way to start noticing and, and step into the awareness of what you have control over. But then really the emphasis, especially if you're feeling this heaviness, this anxiety coming up for you, is to get to a place where you feel like you actually have a way to remind yourself of those things. Instead of sitting down just this one time and making that list, to really bring that with you through each day and through the moments where you really need it. All right. So our second topic for tonight is notice your questions. So whew, negative thoughts. This feels real right now. <laughs> um, this is a recurring theme. I think this is something that a lot of us struggle with, even, like I said, outside of the situation on a normal basis, um, feeling like we get stuck in these negative thought cycles um, where it just continues. And we think one thing badly about ourselves, judge ourselves, we're harsh on ourselves. That leads us to certain inner dialogue. That inner dialogue makes us feel badly about ourselves again. And it's just this vicious cycle that continues. And so a lot of the coaching work that I do is helping people maybe notice that this is happening. Although I would say that typically most people are fairly aware of, of it happening. And the question really is, how do I get out of it? Now, what's really, really hard to do if you're having a negative thought to just all of a sudden replace it with a positive thought. It's really hard to go from, well, everything's terrible and the world is crashing down around us to actually everything's fine. That's a difficult to make. And I think that a lot of what's out there, a lot of the teaching around this is just think positive, right? Have a mantra, have an affirmation, just tell yourself that everything's okay. And by the way, if affirmations work for you, amazing, keep doing them. If they don't work for you, this is probably why. It's really, really tough to just force yourself to think a positive thought. So how do we actually get there? What's really interesting is I have found that the human brain is very wired to answer questions. And so this actually gives us an opportunity to explore this in a different way and to kind of take a more circuitous path. Instead of jumping right from negative thought to positive thought, we go up a layer and we look at our questions. So whenever you're having a negative thought or really any thought at all, you are answering some question with that thought, right? And okay, so let's, let's take the slur. Let's say that you decide you want to start your own business, okay? And the thoughts that you're having are, there's no way I'm gonna pull this off. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. This is definitely not gonna work out, right? If, if these are the thoughts that you're having, then you've gotta ask yourself, what's the question that I'm answering with these thoughts? And so the question you're answering with those thoughts is why am I going to fail? When you notice that, what you do is you give yourself the opportunity to ask yourself a different question. 
So now you get to say, what question do I want to be asking myself instead? So let's say you want to ask yourself instead, how do I know that I'm going to succeed or that I'm going to figure it out? And then when you answer that question, you say, I'm really dedicated to making this work. I'm super passionate about this thing. I trust that I am going to put the effort into it that I will need to. And you start to come the answers to that question instead. So instead of trying to get yourself nearly impossibly from the thought of, I'm definitely going to fail at this, to here's how I know I can handle it, we go up a layer and we look at the questions. Another framework, another way I like to talk about this, and this might resonate with you more or less, pick whatever feels good to you, is to go back to the high school debate team, right? When we were on the debate team, we were just given a side of the argument. You argue for X, you argue for Y. And whatever side you were on, you would have to come up with an argument for that side. And chances are you were able to. And so what's really, really powerful here is to notice the debates that are happening in your own mind and to notice which side you're on. And what's really, really eye-opening is when you start to think about this, when you start to really look into your thought patterns, when you start to bring a lot of intention to this work, you might realize, actually, I've been arguing for this side of the debate for years, maybe decades. It's been so ingrained in me to think about this thing or to think about myself in this way that I've actually never even tried arguing for the other side. So if the, the thoughts and the question layers feel complicated or difficult, and this feels like a better fit, then all you have to do is ask yourself, what am I debating for right now? And what's the other side? Let me try arguing for the opposite side. What if I brought in a different perspective here? What might that sound like? And it might sound really foreign and it might sound a little bit forced, right? This is something I hear a lot from my clients. Okay, well, I can tell you kind of logically, you know, I can tell you with my thoughts what I would argue in theory on the other side, but I don't believe it yet. And that's okay. That's totally normal. That's where we start. We start by just noticing what is possible. What is another option for how I might think about this or what I might choose to believe here? And then once we have those options laid out and we, we play with it, right? Almost like Play-Doh, like you've got to feel it. You've got to hear it. You've got to practice it. You've got to explore it a little bit, get curious with it before you can expect yourself to all of a sudden believe it and, and feel it fiercely and passionately and confidently. You've got to build up to that. So the very first step is just asking yourself, what could it sound like if I switch sides? Or what could it sound like if I choose a different question? So for, oh, sorry, I missed a slide. Okay, so a couple of examples that might feel relevant right now. So you might choose, as you step into this awareness and you start noticing your thoughts, you might choose to shift from asking yourself, for example, why are things so terrible right now? To instead asking the question, how do I know that I'm doing my best to stay healthy and safe? You might choose to switch. How do I know that I can't trust this situation that's completely out of my hands? To how do I know that I can trust myself? 
And if you're really thinking about this closely here, you'll see the control theme from our first topic coming into play again, right? Where the first question, how do I know I can't trust this situation? It's also, I, this is something I can't control to actually let me focus on something that I can control, which is the trust in myself, right? So these things start to weave together pretty quickly, um, which is really powerful. Okay, so those are a couple of examples. So for your next journaling prompt, take a few minutes. I put down the four questions here, this four-step process. Feel free to walk through this, or if the debate framework feels better to you, then go ahead and play around with that, okay? So for the question side, ask yourself, what's a negative or a worrying thought that I'm having? Could be right now, could be earlier today, could be last week, whatever you wanna work with. What question am I answering with that thought? What's a different question I wanna ask myself instead? And then what's my answer to that question? So go ahead, we'll take a few minutes and then we'll come back together. All right, so um, I think the big takeaway from this section is remembering every day that you get to choose what thoughts you're having. And it takes so much patience and so much practice to implement this. Um, what I always say is don't expect yourself to get it right away and don't expect yourself to get it in the moment either. Um, this is a big thing I talk about in coaching is this is a process and you have to practice it to start using it more. Um, so the more that you can set aside time to journal on this and to do it in an after sense, right? In, in a retrospective sense to look back on the day and even just pick one thing. What was one thought that I had today that I would like to do differently next time? Right, and to go through this process, to write it out. There's so much power in writing it out because it forces you to really put your thoughts together and put them into words. And it doesn't have to be perfect, just paper. And that allows you to really actually look at them, literally look at your thoughts and your train of thought, right? What the patterns are. Um, so that can be really powerful. So I hope you um, can practice this and find moments where maybe it's, it's helpful in making that shift to something more positive. All right, our last section tonight, give yourself permission. Um, any of you who are familiar with Brene Brown, which if you're not, please go watch and read and listen to her stuff. She's amazing. <laughs> um, Brene Brown talks a lot about permission slips, giving yourself permission to do something. And knowingly or not, I can tell you each and every one of you gave yourself permission to set aside this hour for yourself tonight. And when you can bring this idea to the forefront and ask yourself, when you wake up every morning, right, what am I giving myself permission to do right now? Or before you go into a meeting or go into a conversation with somebody or anything, right? What am I giving myself permission to do here or to be here or to say here? It's such a helpful way to bring a lot of intention 
to your actions, to your thoughts, to your feelings, right? And even right now, can I give myself permission to feel heaviness around this situation? So let's talk about it. All right. We as women, especially, um, tend to put ourselves last. And this is something that I hear and see time and time again, um, that I have also experienced myself. We think of everyone else first, right? When we think about the relationships in our lives, typically the very last relationship that we think of, if we even think of it at all, is our relationship to ourself. And yet that's actually the most important relationship in your life is the one that you have with yourself. And yet it does not always get the attention that it deserves or the intention, right? The intention that it deserves. Um, And so one of my favorite things about being a coach and working with women specifically is helping them not only notice this, because again, we often notice it, right? And the, the question becomes, what do we do about it? How do we change it? And this is probably the biggest place where we can start to give ourselves permission. This is like the highest level bullet point and everything else is kind of underneath. Can we give ourselves permission to honor our own needs, to care about ourselves, to take care of ourselves, especially with all this going on, right? We get burnt out so quickly because we put everyone else first. And and we do it in a way that's very beautiful, right? It's it's giving, it's caring, it's loving. This is how we show love. This is how we give love. But what ends up happening is we suffer. So when that happens, when we don't give ourselves what we need, we actually have a lot less of ourselves to give to others. So it's almost paradoxical. We think, oh, I'll just keep last to give everything that I have to others, to my parents, to my kids, to my partner, to my friends, my coworkers, whatever, right? Everyone needs something from us or wants something from us. And so I'll just give and give and give and give, and I'll put myself last. But you get to a point where you have nothing left to give. Your energy is depleted. And it's, it's like they say on airplanes, right? They're like, put your own oxygen mask on first. And we don't do that. We don't do that in our own lives. Um, The other analogy that I like to use here that I think resonates with a lot of people is a car. You don't expect your car to just run indefinitely forever with one tank of gas, right? Or wherever it is. You are constantly checking the gauge and seeing how much gas you have left. And when you have to go refill the tank, you're not like, oh man, what a waste of time to have to go get gas for my car right? You don't just not get gas and then say, I'll just get out and push it from behind until I can anymore, right? You you recognize the importance of refueling the car. And yet we don't do this for our own selves. We don't pay attention to when we need to refuel our bodies and our minds and our hearts. We just say, we'll just keep giving, but we don't refuel. And then we're running on empty, Right? And, and whatever that feels like to be getting out of your car and pushing it from behind, that's, that's sometimes how we feel with our own energy levels. It's like, I'm just, I'm running on empty. 
And so when you can notice that that's happening for you, if it is happening for you, um, or if you have people in your life where it's happening for them, you know, and they're maybe coming to you and sharing with you, I'm feeling really burned out. This is a really beautiful place to pay attention and to wake up and to say, where do I want to give myself permission here? What does that sound like for me? Um, what can I have that look like for me? So the hands down biggest obstacle, biggest response that I get to this when I talk about this is people will say, if I put myself first, that's selfish. Or I'm afraid that other people will see that as selfish. Again, as women especially, we have this fear of selfishness. So if you've worked with me, if you've heard me talk before, you know that I'm all about definitions because it is the language that we assign to ourselves and to our lives, right? Whatever definitions that we use of success or failure or enough or whatever it is, right? Those are the definitions that we live by. Those are the expectations we have of ourselves. So coming back to a definition of something is a really, really good starting place for digging in deeper around what's going on for you there. So if you've ever had this thought, this concern of it's going to look selfish or it's going to be selfish of me, I literally looked up, I Googled the definition of selfish and I copy and pasted it here for you. Feel free to put this somewhere where you can see it every day, okay? The definition is lacking consideration for others. Concerned chiefly with one's own profit or pleasure, right? But focus on those first four words, lacking consideration for others. So what I would invite you to do is to think about whenever you have this thought of, but wouldn't that make me selfish, to bring in this definition and to say, does this actually fit with this definition? Because I'm willing to bet that a lot of the time, it really doesn't. Selfishness and self-love are completely different things. You can give yourself self-love. You can give yourself the things that you need, the things that you want, the things that you deserve without it being selfish. And it's actually really important that we see that distinction because when we conflate the two things, we don't give ourselves what we need. So just throwing that in there, if that feels um, true for you, that that word comes up a lot, go back to this. Um, so ultimately, being able to ask yourself, what would it take for me to give myself permission to prioritize myself? That's what's going to move the needle here. That's what's going to change things. If you're feeling stuck in this rut, if you're feeling like you're in this pattern or in this responsibility to everyone else around you, right? But what would they do if I didn't do X, Y, Z? Or, but I have to, it's my job, right? We, we are very, very, very quick to spout reasons why we need to do something for others. And again, it's giving, it's caring, it's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. And also we can do it to an extreme and that extreme can hurt us. So a phrase that I love and I think of often in my own life, in my own work, and I encourage you to think about is your responsibility to yourself. If I ask you, what's your responsibility to your parents, to your kids, to your spouse, to whoever, to your boss, you can name those responsibilities very easily. But how quickly could you answer the question, 
What is my responsibility to myself? So that's not what I have for you here today as a journal prompt, but that's in and of itself a really, really powerful journal prompt. What is my responsibility to myself? How do I want to live that out? Okay, so on to the actual journal prompt. So take a few minutes, take some breaths, ask yourself, really just allow whatever comes. Don't judge it. What do I need right now? What does my heart need right now? Right? I will be the first to point out that we always tune into our brains. We're very thought-focused beings, right? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? And we, we analyze, we evaluate. And starting to practice tuning into what your heart is saying and what your gut is saying can really, really make a powerful shift. Okay, so what do you need? What does your heart need? And how can you honor that? Again, taking that next step, not just from what is it, but really that action piece of what can I do about that? All right, so we'll take a few minutes and then we'll come back. All right, so since we have a few minutes left of the hour, and I do want to be respectful of people's time if anyone needs to hop off, um, I again, I invite you to continue working with these journal prompts, um, expand on them, revisit them, start over, really just explore and see what comes up for you. Um, and I hope that it's insightful. I hope that this is the first step for you in starting to give yourself permission for this kind of work um, and to start feeling better and feeling less stressful and less anxiety and um, just putting some of that weight down. So um, I will just share one more thing before we do questions. Um, if this work felt um, good to you, if it just, if it felt interesting or um, insightful or just like a good refreshing place to focus, um, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and I have a new program given everything that's going on because there's such a big need for doing this type of work and focusing on these things right now. Um, so I'm calling it reconnect, realign, recenter. Um, it's really, you know, just to give you an opportunity to go even deeper into this work. And so when we work together one-on-one, -on -one, we kick things up several notches. Um, we are in just, you know, totally like conversation mode with each other. Um, you bring to me whatever is on your heart, on your mind, and we talk through it. And, um, like I said, we always bring that action piece in a big part of what I do as a coach is just holding space for people. So if you're feeling like you could just use somebody to listen right now, um, and hear what you're going through, that's amazing. We can do that. If you're feeling like you're just really stuck and you're wanting to, get yourself into a different mindset, into a different place emotionally, mentally, we do that too. Um, so if this is at all interesting to you, um, feel free to check out my website, sarahbrodycoaching.com slash recenter. Um, you can learn more about what this looks like and we can schedule a free call to chat about whether it's going to be a good fit. Um, so more than happy to talk through that with anyone who's interested in continuing this type of work. And then um, 
you can feel free to reach me. I'm at Sarah Brody Coaching pretty much everywhere on the internet. So even if you just want to say hi or ask a question or be Facebook friends, let's do that. Um, feel free to reach out. And so, yeah, that's that's the end of sort of the presentation mode, so to speak. Um, I'm more than happy to stick around and do a Q&A, have a discussion around what came up for you guys. So if you do have to hop off, thank you so much for being here. And if not, then let's stick around and chat. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.